warning. The following contains discussion of historical schizophrenia, inappropriate Halloween apparel, and the last of the mountain men. Listener discretion is advised. So you don't even fucking need me. Here it comes. James. And I am Matt. And today we have a very special guest on the show. Well, a guest on the show, yeah. I, I don't think after, you know, at three appearances, it really counts as special. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what? what's this? I didn't say you could talk yet. <laughs> I'll be uh, quiet. Alex Hook is on the show again. Say hi, Alex. <laughs> this new hostility. Ah, you know you're our buddy. I know, I'm the, I, I was asked back a third time, that, that shocked me. I, I, I feel like we should give you like a title, like our resident, like Yankee Emeritus or something, like they do in universities <laughs> I, or something. I'm your Yankee correspondent. Our, our northern correspondent, yes. You're from the most southern northern state. Or we should just have the Bob Hope theme from the Tonight Show play every time you come out. Oh, spook, everybody. I imagine I'm just in front of a green screen. I've told you I've always wanted to do a Below the Bob Belt, just like news bulletin, you know, where we start out with the like the little telegraph. Good night. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. Southern America and all our ships at sea. Tonight's top story. Shit's fucked up in Florida. But what else is new? In other news, Mississippi still sucks. So what else is new? With more on this, we go to James. James? My tendons are still short. What else is new? <laughs> it's just a, a non-news bulletin. <laughs> That's what the, what the show is called. What else is new? What else? <laughs> we have to have you on as like our Andy Rooney. Like, we're the Yankee commentary. Here's Alex Cook. So, how's everybody's month been? I've had a pretty, pretty, pretty decent month. Um, work is going all right so far. Uh, and I'm wrapping up. I'm in the the end process, the end game of school. And, uh, well, this school semester. Part three. The Battle of the Five Armies. <laughs> exactly. As directed by Peter Jackson. But, um, Smog is still there. By the, I will say that by the time I get out of college, the Hobbit movies will still be going on probably. Um, but yeah, I'm finishing up this next semester, or this first semester of mine. I guess this is the fir- end of the first part of my origin story as Professor Matt, as the two of you seem to like to view my college experience as. Hey, don't pin this on us. You're the one with history written on you, like you're about to fucking break PJ out of jail. <laughs> I'm gonna get you out of America. <laughs> It, that's what it is. Look, it's a road map. South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, all the way north. Follow the snake and you'll be free. Um, but, uh, no, um, I'm in a good position with school to finish my first semester up with a decent, um, a decent GPA. I know I'm going to get probably an A, final A in history and English. Um, in math, I'll probably get either a low A or high B. So, doing good in that. Um, and there's something, too, that I wanted to work into this episode related to school and our theme. 
and I'll get to that once we get to the theme. But um, are we are we still doing that though? Is that a thing we still do? Are we <laughs> announce the theme because we haven't done that lately? I mean, if you want, you can almost say we've escaped from doing that. Wink, wink. I, I'm confused. Shut up. I want to ask you what you thought. Um, but no. Uh, what I, I'm I've been doing as we've been talking before we started recording. Um, I have a final paper due in history class. That's due Tuesday, and today's my last day to, like, devote all my time working on it, and I haven't even started yet. <laughs> I mean, we can do this another night if you want. No, it's fine. That's why I want to work this in. While as we do this story, I'll be writing my paper. <laughs> you want to talk about escape, I'm trying to escape from history class with a good grade, so... Yeah, that, would, that would be like your fucking John Carpenter epic movie, Escape from History. I will say that my paper, though, is very confusing stuff to write because I have to write a five-page paper, which isn't, isn't that bad. I can knock five pages out like it's nothing. But um, I had to pick like a random group of people like from the 18th century. Or the 19th century to write about, like people who like I couldn't pick like George Washington or someone. I had to pick like someone like obscure, who no one knows anything about, and find like our teacher gave us a list of like primary sources from like the University of North Carolina, and I picked this guy who apparently I, I picked right because he is the most mad choice I could have picked for history. Uh, <laughs> the person I picked to write about is a man. Name Chief Oka Tubby. <laughs> to give you to give you some backstory on on him, Oka Tubby was born into slavery under the name Warren McCray, but later claimed that he had Native American ancestry instead of African American ancestry. He constantly moved around, goes and went by different names, worked a variety of jobs, including <laughs> musician, ventriloquist, and pre- priest of the Church of Latter Day Saints. <laughs> He soon became known as Indian Doctor. So I'm having to read his memoirs and interpret them and write a paper about this guy. You have to write a paper about a schizophrenic dude? Exactly. Like, so far I've been having trouble with his memoirs because he contradicts himself all over the place. Like, one minute he's talking about being, being not knowing he was Indian until he was a, a, an adult. And then next thing you know, he works in a fucking flashback to when he's six. And he's talking about how the Indians, he saw, the Indians saw him in town and they talked to him and said that he was an Indian. Like, come on, man, there's all these inconsistencies in your story. You need to learn how to tighten up your storytelling tools is what I feel like telling Mr. Tubby. But I'm beginning to think this Mr. Tubby isn't on the up and up. I know. Who would think that a black Indian medicine chief who is also a Mormon priest and a ventriloquist would not be on the up and up? Yeah, the ventriloquist part is what throws me. It's like, of all the things to add to your resume... It's like, I imagine things were, would be very difficult for him, you know, being a ventriloquist. I mean, they'd be like, he's got his hand up that white kid's ass, get him! <laughs> um, but, uh, I'm working on that paper, and I've got another paper due Tuesday that I've all but written. I just need to do the stupid college format. Uh, but I wrote this, uh, and I think... I'll give you, I gotta give props to our guest, because Alex was the one that gave me the idea for this paper. But, um. Yeah! <laughs> settle down. <laughs> settle down. Um, I just had to get my one in. I'll give you, there's your one. But, um, I had to pick something of current events to write about for English class, so I decided, through Alex's help, of course, he helped me decide to write 
a, pay, a paper on why Scottish independence should have happened. I've done John Lee's proud because I sent the paper to him, and I got feedback. And I'm going to read Mr. John Lee's feedback. Really strong essay so far, Matt. And there you have it from John Lee. <laughs> <laughs> that is Sigma award-winning <laughs> writer, John Lee's. I think Alex, um, I think I mentioned to him that what I should have done was linked him to the article, uh, linked him to my paper, and just lied to him and said, hey, it's actually a whole paper of why they were right to vote no, just to give him the middle finger. But, it's just fuck Scotland written over and over again, <laughs> like The Shining. Um, but yeah, as we do this, I will I will be writing my paper on Okatubby. So. Wow, it's like, this episode is a part of Matt Johnson history. Future history, as I like to say. That's what current events are, future history. It's it's the uh, portion of Professor Matt year one where he's lying in a chair bleeding while writing his paper. <laughs> this, this, this is me, to, to reference another uh, famous origin story, this is me in Wayne Manor with a log on me, and you two are my Michael Caine, telling me <laughs> to move that bloody log. What's the point of all those push-ups, Matt? What's the point of reading all that history if you can't write a little five-page paper? Uh, I hope you're not a member of the Historical Society. <laughs> but I like how to get into Okatubby's head, you're doing the most Okatubby thing in the world, which is schizophrenically splitting yourself between a report and recording a podcast. I do have to say that so far, one of the things that got me on, on the wrong foot with this guy, he's from Mississippi, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, you're not a psychopath. I was <laughs> I'm not a psychopath either. I'm just schizophrenic. We already established this. There's well, first of all, I, I take offense to the fact that I'm not a psychopath. It's like, hey, I have very psychopathic tendencies. I don't know what you're implying. And secondly, how's, how my month has been? Um, very uneventful. How was your Jehovah's Witness Halloween? <laughs> Did you just stand on your front porch with an uncarved pumpkin handing out copies of the Watchtower to trick-or-treaters? I feel like you're mocking me. I'm mocking your religion at something different. <laughs> well, in that case... Um, I'm not mocking you, just your culture and heritage. Well, to be fair, I did kind of break heritage because I bought a pumpkin pie recently. Ooh. And it is near Thanksgiving, so I technically committed fraud against... <laughs> Oh, God, you're going to have the holiday police on your ass. <laughs> Big Santa's going to burst in. His right-hand man, Lieutenant Christmas. All, all I know is that it's going to end with me being tasered at some point, so. Yeah, Jack Frost is going to go down for this. And where was Rudolph? Who knows? Now, Alex, as for my Halloween, you're going to get a real kick out of this. Oh? I dedicated my Halloween this year to sticking it to Walmart. Yes. Yeah. Please tell me how you did this. I, I showed up dressed as Sam Walton. I punched a small child. <laughs> it was really disturbing. You got promoted to president. They like, <laughs> after you punched the child, that's it. Only Sam Walton could do that. He uh, is the chosen one. Uh, what are the few, like, humane things Walmart allows its employees is once a year on Halloween, you actually are allowed to show up to work in full costume if you want. You the missed it, Alex. You mi- see what you missed? You could have won as Batman. Not yeah. quite, because there is a moratorium on masks. 
Well, see, it's funny because the entire time I was working there, and by the way, I just want to put it in context. I worked there for about four months, uh, all night shift. The entire time I was working there, I did wonder to myself, when it comes to October, like, are we going to actually have to, like, dress up? Because that would be weird at night. <laughs> that would be weird. terrifying. You have all these <laughs> strange people in costume. <laughs> just see a dude dressed as a clown, just eyeballing the customers while slowly putting sponge cakes on a shelf. <laughs> and I want to be perfectly honest, I did have a costume idea. <laughs> I... Depending on whether it was going to be allowed, I wanted to go as Bane. <laughs> you really adopted the stocking. I was born with it. So you would go as Tom Hardy Bane, not as Lucha Door Bane? No, I'm not tan enough. Or what about uh, Batman and Robin Bane? Stop. <laughs> I also would have went Dark Knight Rises, but I would have went with poor Batman. So it would just be a Batman mask and a cape over the Walmart uniform. I think if I were to dress up as any character from Dark Knight Rises, I would, of course, be Batman's doctor with the magic <laughs> brace. That's the guy who I want to be. He's got a, a brace that can fix bone damage and cartilage, you know? Well, he was hush, so he has access to that technology. <laughs> but anyway, you were you were sticking it to the man, James? Well, the only three rules we had for the costumes, and I know this because it was written out on a memo sheet above uh, the time clock, which I can only assume is because there was a crisis last year. But, uh, there were three rules. You had to have your name tag visible. The costume could not be offensive. <laughs> and no masks. So with that second rule, like, your first ten ideas just went right out the window. That, I mean, so I couldn't be the Nazi gimp. That's what I would have went with. That's just me. <laughs> it's my favorite children's book character. <laughs> what I Little like Nazi is, gimp in Slumberland. <laughs> what I like is that... that that implies that you can wear something offensive all other times of the year. <laughs> like, sure, you can show up in a clan uniform. Blonde's is blue. <laughs> and you can see the name tag. Well, I should say, it was no costume or makeup that's offensive or gory, which is bullshit, because as soon as I walked in on Halloween, I saw one of our managers with half of her face missing. That wasn't a costume. That was just hazards at work. Just revealing her final form. <laughs> Knowing these three things, I concocted the perfect costume. And I originally said this, like, months earlier to some coworkers as a joke, but they became so taken to the idea that it just kind of snowballed to the point where, by the time Halloween came around, I was obligated to do it. And that was, I showed up to Walmart on Halloween in my Winn-Dixie uniform. Yes, I remember you told me this, and I, my first thought was, that is pretty awesome, you know. So I walk in, and like I'm wearing the whole thing, white shirt, Winn-Dixie apron. I stared at myself in the mirror until I regrew my full beard that I had. And on top of the Winn-Dixie apron was the Walmart badge. So people wouldn't get confused. I just like that the entire basis of the costume would be to throw off customer suspicions. I mean, that was the entire like that was the main reason I wanted to do it was just to confuse potential customers. <laughs> the Walmart way. 
So I walk into the back room. My two grocery managers look at me and begin hysterically laughing. <laughs> like, the costume goes over very... Like, everybody who sees me just starts laughing their asses off and saying, I can't believe you actually did it. Ow. And, like, people are snapping photos with their cell phones. <laughs> And uh, everything goes fine for the first hour. And an hour later, uh, my manager walks up to me and says, I apologize to have to do this, but you're going to have to change. It's like, I just got word from the store manager, and he considers your costume highly inappropriate. <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't gory. It wasn't offensive. I mean... Apparently, the reason was I was advertising for another store. <laughs> I swear to God, that's what a manager told me. Because Walmart works on the principle of logic. That I was not going to, to be a walking billboard for a rival store. The rival store you were fired from. <laughs> that is, I should add, right down the street from Walmart. So it's not like customers were going to look at me and say... Oh, yeah, that store exists. (laughs) I'm taking my business elsewhere. I mean, I did propose just giving all the customers really shitty service (laughs) just to smear the good name of Winn-Dixie, but that didn't take. Thankfully, I had fully prepared for this, so in my lunch bag, I had a complete change of clothes. (laughs) Because, honestly... I, like, that went way farther than I'd ever expected it to. I expected to walk in and for them immediately to look at me and say, Fuck you! Go home. (laughs) It's like, my intention with that costume was to mildly annoy. Apparently it worked. Yeah, I was so happy. Like, everyone, like, after I changed, everyone was like, Wow, you're being really cool about this. And all I could say was, this went better than I could possibly imagine. That's the best thing that could have happened. I ruffled feathers with that costume. That costume rattled Walmart's cages. <laughs> and the man made me change. <laughs> Although I did promise that I was still working there next year. For next Halloween, I would show up in a cheerleader outfit with shaved legs. And if they told me the change, I would I would sue. Like, it, it, it would be taken to the Supreme Court. I would say that they were oppressing me. Oppressing your rights. I would be the Rosa Parks of awkward Walmart Halloween costumes. I have to say, you're making me really regret, regret quitting because I could have made it until October. <laughs> you too wanted to dress as a cheerleader. You could have been fired for breaking the peck of Sam Walton. <laughs> now you just see one of those cardboard cutouts. Oh, my nemesis, we meet again. <laughs> I wonder what would break first. Your prices or your body? Mr. Walton. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I struck back at the man in my own small way this Halloween. You dressed up as a rival competitor for an hour. A glorious hour where I was the star of Walmart. That was my 15 minutes of fame. It's all downhill from here. This is when you develop that drug habit. For the listeners at home, this is very exciting, because this is the beginning of the fall of James Lewis. 
About goddamn time, if you ask me. This is season three of Breaking Bad. <laughs> Your Ozymandias just... <laughs> it involves a lot of, like, it involves Black Friday. This year's Black Friday. <laughs> oh, God, don't remind me. I get to have Black Friday off. Just thought you should know that. But to be fair, it's Dollar General. So what the... What what can really happen at Dollar General Black Friday? <laughs> Nothing. Oh my god! Oh my god! These ninety-nine cent snack cakes are ninety cents. I'm gonna push this old lady. <laughs> <laughs> you joke, but <laughs> I'm sure people are that crazy. Besides, nothing could top, as I mentioned before, the experiences I went through as a child boy, uh, Black Friday soldier. So I've become too hard. I'm not getting sucked back into that game. Not through employment. But I am working. Are you working Thanksgiving, James? I am. I'm going to be working the same shift I worked last year, mm-hmm. so I will once again guard the meat-scented Xbox games. Yes. Someone has to hold the line and let it be you. Um, you'll finally get your meat-scented copy of Tomb Raider. I actually requested working on Thanksgiving. I went out of my... Like I mentioned, like a month before, I was like, I told my boss, I want to work Thanksgiving. Just please get me away from my family. <laughs> Well, part of the reason why is because, I don't know, I assume they don't do this at Walmart because it's Walmart, but um, at uh, Dollar General, you get paid overtime for working on holidays, or certain holidays, like Easter, Thanksgiving, and like New Year, uh, Christmas Eve are holidays where they pay overtime for coming in to work. So, Oh, yeah, I'm getting overtime plus holiday pay because I'm working six days. All that right. Week. The rise of money, James. Someone has to take money in B's place now that he's no more. I've got a tragic fall. <laughs> so that was my small strike back at the man, but I, I don't think it comes close to comparing the blow you dealt the Sam Walton Corporation this year. Yes. Alex. Yes, Alex. the blow of devastating them by removing myself from the corporate ladder. Alex, tell us of Escape from the House of Savings. Oh, uh. I just imagine, like, running from a Sam Walton-shaped boulder. <laughs> well, where do we begin? Uh, it's weird because to tell the story, I kind of have to preface this with the terms of which I joined the employment. This is actually, yeah, it's a continuation of your, your surprise announcement on the last time you were you were uh, on both of our Well, you announced that you had been selected to uh, go to Walmart for an interview. Yes. Start there. That's well, so demanding, Jesus. Yeah, listen, but, I, I listen. I got, I got. I've only got one paragraph done of my paper, so we need to get this shit over with. Get to it. Uh, really, are the Nazi gimp? <laughs> the safe word is Guten Tag. <laughs> so I guess to go back to the beginning. Um, spoilers: I was chosen for the job. Uh, but uh, yeah, I went in for an interview not long after that episode. A couple days later. Everything went smoothly. I was a little bit nervous, but I could, for some reason, I could kind of tell I was going to get the job this time because there was some sense of my last job interview not going so well that I had kind of, in my head, kind of figured out what I did wrong the last time. So I went in there. You showed up with pants. (laughs) That helped. Um, That was the missing piece of the puzzle. I figured that going in there also and, and not shouting, you know, racial profanities would kind of... You left your Batman mask at home. No, actually, that was the one thing I... I will say racial profanities really helped me out. 
Well, no, only a dollar a Yeah, it depends on what boss each one is different. They have their likes and dislikes. I just picked one that have to be a racist. So he's not. He's not. Let me say he's not a racist. He's just sexist. I think he's sexist. That was a joke, but not really. <laughs> Please, Mike. I'm sorry if you're listening to this. Anyway, but, um, I got hired uh, not long after that. I would say like probably a week later, and I began my four months tour of duty. Yeah, they they put you to work very quickly, way quicker than they did with me. Yeah, I went in for orientation and started the very next day or the very next night. Rather. Damn. Yeah. No background check, no nothing. It's like uh, men in black. They just throw you in a suit and give you a neuralizer. There was a background check, but that was done actually before my orientation. And I went to the orientation. I was an hour late for that because I had misheard the person when they were telling me over the phone, like, what to do and when to show up. They gave so, you central time. <laughs> so I you, it's all one Walmart. So, you know, I went in for orientation. It was fairly standard. Um, I kind of sat down and... Basically had someone explain to me uh, amongst a group of other people that Walmart was not, in fact, an evil company while explaining how they were evil. <laughs> it was kind of weird because they would they would say things to badmouth other companies while at the same time pointing out their own hideous, you know, corporate flaws. I've said this before. My favorite part of the Walmart orientation is the, when they just begin talking about unions and a lady comes on into the video and calmly, like, in a very motherly tone, tells you that Walmart understands if you've been in a union before and forgives you. (laughs) Well, with me, there was actually a story related to that, because as I was, uh, we had moved on to the central office area, and we were entering uh, information on computers. Like, one by one, we were assigned to go to computers. Giving them your name, your birthday, your blood type. How uh, compatible you are with Sam Walton for kids. <laughs> I, I, it, I find out that it's an okay Cupid test. <laughs> You've been managed to be the next body Sam Walton's mind will be cloned into. <laughs> Sam Walton wants to know, how much do you enjoy pain during sex? <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, I was only 97% compatible, so. What does this have to do with inventory? <laughs> I mean, I answered, but still. <laughs> yeah, I was I was entering some information on a computer, and as I was entering the information, I heard, uh, because they have monitors where it just plays various uh, videos on loop, and I heard this thing being said about unions, immediately stopped typing, craned my head to the side just to look, and I saw the image of this, of this smiling black man talking about how Unions are the worst thing imaginable, and he's glad Walmart talked him out of it. <laughs> they were going to murder my children. <laughs> Thanks, Walmart. So that was like the first sign that maybe I had made a bad decision. Do you remember that video, James, when you were indoctrinated? Uh, I think we had something vaguely similar. I think mine was a pretty Latino lady. Yeah, they have- by, the way, by the way, I love the... It's always a pretty Latino lady and a broadly smiling black man who describe everything just to let you know that Walmart is okay with people of all ethnicities. <laughs> Meanwhile, the rest of their poster children are, you know, just regular white people. They just have the two. It's <laughs> <laughs> They take them out of their box whenever they need them. 
but yeah, I activate had, the diversity drones. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. I had orientation. Uh, then, as I said, the next night I was put on the floor, on the sales floor, the killing floor. That's what I like to call it. And I started off on the cereal aisle, which was nice. yeah, hell nice. itself. Uh, we should say you were put on night shift, which you were not expecting. Well, yeah, I wasn't expecting it. I was kind of hoping for it, but basically I went in because they had all shifts open, and I applied. And I I, I went in with the expectation that I would be working part-time. Now, when I got there, they said, well, we have a full-time position open. Would you like that? And... Me, not thinking much of it, just said, I mean, what's really the difference? And I I asked, like, what the hours were, like, comparison. I was like, oh, there's no real difference, which was a flat-out lie. <laughs> but I uh, I, I was like, oh, well, maybe, maybe that means more pay. Uh, and I, I just said, sure, I'll, I'll go with full-time, being very naive. So I immediately started out on full-time, not – even realizing that because I had already signed for the job and everything and was already hired by the time they offered me that. They offered me that literally at my orientation, which was just strange. But I went in, and I was hired on full-time night shift stocking. And that was a bit of a mistake, as I would come to find out four months later. (laughs) That is an understatement. Yeah, I... There was a four-month period where I went insane and then went past the brink to the point where I was barely a person. You went full Will Graham on us for four months. It was terrifying. You couldn't draw clocks to save your life. (laughs) I just just threw a paper in front of you. MB, draw the Batman logo. (laughs) Just gave me a squiggle. (laughs) I mean, if it would have happened, it probably would have. Um... I mean, you were working, I think, like five days a week. And what was what was your shift? Ten to seven? Yeah, it was ten ten, 10 p.m. to seven a.m. Uh, that was all the time. Sometimes I would have six days. Sometimes I would have four days. It would always be a variation of that. And it got to a point where my schedule was okay, four days in a row. Then um, this is something else I have to explain. My days off were I had two days off. The only thing is, once you work past midnight, that counts as the next day. <laughs> so, technically, my first day off, I was working for your, from midnight to 7 a.m., and that and still counted. Second, and your second day off, you spent sleeping. <laughs> yes. So, and then really, you got a couple of free hours in a half-delirious fugue state. Yes. So you would occasionally uh, get online with us and just... It was it was it was great to see you, but it was like we were talking to the ghost of Alex Cook. Yeah, I was very just the shell of the man that you once were. It was like whenever fucking Jack Nicholson comes back at the end of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest with a lobotomy. It's like Alex, oh, we're gonna break out of Walmart. When I'm with you, I feel ten feet tall. Then you just turn around, and you have the scar. No. <laughs> Uh, I was, it, I, it was. I smother you with a pillow, and I, I pick up a crate of Campbell's soup and throw it through <laughs> the automatic door and run out. <laughs> I just have to say, that escalated very quickly. 
But, uh, yeah. That's always how I imagined our friendship. (laughs) At some point, I'm going to have to mercy kill you after a lobotomy and then dramatically escape from somewhere. You just want to be in my upper body strength. You just want to be an insane Native American, James. Admit it. Well, I I already go days and sometimes weeks without talking, so. There you go. But, yeah, your description of what my life was like is on the nose. Like, there is no make, there's no exaggeration here whatsoever. I literally felt like I wasn't living, <laughs> which is a very strange notion to have because, like, you're living in this parallel world where the sun doesn't exist, <laughs> and you have very little time to eat. So, you think, I would think you'd be happy because you're, seem like you're mimicking a lot of the traits of all the Batman stories. No food eating, <laughs> up all night, weird hours, you know. You meet the insane on a regular basis. Exactly. Well, the only the only difference is, is that instead of fighting crime, I'm putting up baby food or something like that. I will say, okay, speaking of the insane, before we get to the rest of the story, tell the audience about the dude with the motorcycle helmet. <laughs> okay. Well, just, uh, just, uh, this is just to give you, like, in one story, MP's working experience at the store. Okay, so I was working in the sporting goods department, and this was this was fairly late into it. This was, like, near the end, actually. Um, I had been working there for about three and a half months at this point, and I was fairly used to it. I mean, my life was still a wreck because I I was basically a living vampire. But Plasma. <laughs> I was working in the sporting goods section, you know, stocking fairly, you know, generic things like, you know, basketball, stuff like that, uh, fishing lures, all that stuff. And this person approaches me uh, with, like, and this this is what befuddled me, too, is, like, this person was wearing shorts with a jacket, like a long sleeve jacket, in the middle of summer. And he cared that much about being cool. <laughs> and it wasn't like a leather jacket or anything like you would expect of the what you would ask, but it was just like a normal like Nike jacket. Like it was just very thin. It it, it I I didn't get some people some people have cold torsos, you know. That's the condition. Yeah. Or, or maybe he, or maybe he just had hot legs. I don't know. Or, you know, track marks. Exactly. <laughs> or exactly. this is Walmart at like what for him? <laughs> Yeah, that was that was also what compounded the situation. But the person comes up to me and says, uh, okay, two things. First off, do you guys sell motorcycle helmets? <laughs> and I he's completing his look one article of clothing at a time. And this was the first time I think I'd ever known with certainty that we don't have something because usually whenever a customer would approach me and ask for a specific item, I would be very confused and not know what to do because I was a rookie. They would just start shrieking and throwing things at them. (laughs) Question, though, when you didn't know where something was or didn't know what that, how pissed off would it be? Uh, None of them seemed pissed off. It was just more of it would be a very... It would be a very weird experience because I would have to go and physically seek it out, and they yeah. would usually follow me. So it was like this weird mini adventure. Yes, uh, yes. I've been on many of those. But, but uh, I knew with certainty that we did not sell motorcycle helmets because, well, we're Walmart. And why would we sell safety gear? We, <laughs> so that would actually be helping someone. But uh, I told them very calmly, like, no, I, I'm pretty sure we don't sell that. And he's like, oh, damn. All right. Well, secondly... 
there's a guy stealing out of boxes in the automotive department. <laughs> <laughs> and before I can say anything, he just starts to walk away like, uh, this is your problem now. I've done my good deed for the day. So I'm just stu- I'm I'm just standing there dumbstruck for a second because the entire time I'm just thinking, why was that the second thing you told me? Like, because and this is what I said when I when you first told me the story. If you had motorcycle helmets, he was gonna deal with it himself. <laughs> like he turns around, there's a scorpion on the back of that jacket. <laughs> do this my way. A very obese Ryan Gosling. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, I was just sitting there, well, just standing there dumbstruck because I was like, okay, I I don't, I, okay, I got to deal with this. So I run to the automotive department, and by the way, there's, I have, I am aware of no protocol for this, so I go, I, I go there, then I stop, immediately turn around and go for the manager's office, which is on the other side of the store, so that takes a while. And Walmart is insanely huge. Like, it is a trick. It's its own embassy. Yeah, it is a trek to go, like, literally the entire store to go around it is a mile. And so I would have to walk a mile every night, usually, because I was walk- I was usually working on the other side of the store in the uh, non-grocery department, because that's where I specialize. I specialize in the automotive departments and the hardware departments. And um, so I would have to, I, for this, I had to go to the other side of the store <laughs> to tell my boss that we potentially had someone who was stealing from the automotive department. Here's the thing that I forgot to say that the person told me. The person also casually mentioned that the person stealing from the automotive department was a black child. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that that was singled out left me stunned. You are so glad you did not sell that guy a, a motorcycle helmet. It was just, about to have a fucking national incident. I was just like, I've never, like I explained in my first appearance on here, like I've, we're not really a racist state, we're more, we're more homophobic. There was a gay child stealing in the automobile. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been that would have been perfectly normal. I I could have anticipated that, but he's just stuffing his hot pants full of <laughs> <laughs> But racism? I mean, I was I was not equipped for that. So maybe that was part of the reason I was stunned after that happened. But yeah, I raced back to my boss, and the situation I guess was quietly handled. I never even found out if there was actually someone stealing from the automotive department because I was just assigned to continue on with my duties. This is not for your eyes, stock boy. <laughs> so yeah, that was one of a handful of bizarre experiences I had working at that store. See, I think it's very telling that Walmart waited until the end of your tenure to spring that on you. Because as we've discussed on the show before, Walmart, much like Gotham City, creates problems to test you. (laughs) Like, as soon as you got settled in, it threw that monkey wrench into the system just to see how you would react. And uh, there was another monkey wrench that was probably the most insane thing I had to deal with during my entire time there, which was my encounter with a druggie. (gasps) Well, I say druggie. I I assume this dude was on something. (laughs) He was in Walmart at 4 o'clock in the morning. He was on something. So this this gentleman, uh, I first encountered him outside on my break because... 
we usually went to the outside. There was a little area to the side that we could, you know, sit on benches. And I usually went out there, even though I don't smoke, because I liked the idea of not being in Walmart as much as I had to be. You'd rather breathe in the sweet scent of nicotine than the recycled air of Walmart. Yeah, pretty much. And I was sitting out there on my break, and suddenly this dude walks up talking to one of my coworkers. I figured, oh, well, they're friends. Yeah, whatever. So I don't really make anything of it. I go back inside. Uh, Ironically enough, this is also a night I'm stocking the sporting goods department. This is like my little piece of uh, Walmart on the edge forever. So all of a sudden, like, this dude is in the automotive department, which is right across from the sporting goods department. And he's still talking to that same coworker who's stalking the automotive department at this point. And then he looks over at me and calls me by name and says, what's up? <laughs> and I stop for a moment and I'm like, wait, how did he, you know, oh, my name tag. And I just, I just went about my day because he just didn't, he just disregarded me. So I didn't really think anything of it. Then all of a sudden, like five minutes later, he rushes through my department carrying some sort of like inflatable toy of some sort and he's pretending to write it. Was it a blow up? <laughs> like he's got one of those foam noodles that you have in a swimming pool and it's he's pretending to write it like a horse. <laughs> Question Was he making horsey noises? No, he wasn't, thank God. But this is this is not the strangest thing that happens because I, once that happens, I'm like, okay, this dude is just going to be kicked out eventually, so I, it's best to ignore him and just go about my night and pray I don't have to actually physically encounter him. So I go back, and five minutes later, he's back, but in the opposite direction, riding on a miniature, miniature bike, <laughs> like a child's bike. Hey, Alex, check this out. <laughs> What's what is he doing wheelies? No, he was he was just like going like he was wobbling like back and forth on it. It was really strange and I just finally I was like considering telling a manager about it, but like not a minute later one of my senior coworkers came by and asked if I had seen this person. I said, Yeah, he went that way. He was on a pogo stick. <laughs> <laughs> And I never saw any of that dude again, but apparently, like, I had my own weird experience with a supervillain. Like, that's the closest to a balls-out insane person I've ever been to. And I, I do want to say, I, I am a bit, um, I wouldn't say offended, but with you saying he was on drugs, I mean, this could just be a guy who likes season the day, you know, carpe diem. <laughs> you see a noodle, I'm going to ride that thing. You see a kid's bike, I'm going to ride that thing. <laughs> maybe maybe he just gets high on life. Have you ever thought of that? Well, he was high on something, so but that was life or opium. <laughs> Nah, opium's a much more mellow high. He would have been on the floor if you were, if you were doing opium. That was probably meth, speed, uh, cocaine, crack. You know an awful lot about this. Yes, I do. And we'll leave it I mean, at that. The man works at Dollar General. He's. <laughs> I've seen my share. I've seen my share of drug dealing, and I've dealt some drugs in the past. But we'll save that for uh, book forty-five, Empire. But yeah, just. 
it's not that it was a job where a lot of insane things happened. Like, with you, you have a lot of stories to tell, James, from your Walmart. I don't really actually have that many stories to tell. Like, that, that's kind of as crazy as it got. I think those two stories, some, basically. Somehow there are more crazy people during the day than at night. Well, I think, too, that... It's like, were there reverse vampires? You, uh, you, of course, have the... Uh, you live in a crazier part of the world, I think, James, than Alex or I. So, thanks yeah, I live you in the nexus of all realities. Yes. I mean, I live in the town that isn't a town. <laughs> all right, so after your two uh, bicycle-themed madmen <laughs> that you defeated, uh, yeah, well, about, about, what, about at what point was it that you realized that this job was not going to work out for you? Um... To be fair, it it kind of it was kind of this lingering feeling that was kind of there the entire time. But I think when it really hit home for me was about maybe a month before I had finally made the decision to quit, which was I was really just I kind of had a almost a nervous breakdown because I had realized that I didn't have a basically I didn't have a life anymore, and it was really starting to get to me physically and emotionally because it just. It was a lot to take in for my first job, first of all, to constantly switch to this new method of living. Yeah, suddenly getting, you know, a 40-hour-a-week job, working the night shift, like, doing heavy-duty stocking after, you know, as your first job is, that's uh, that's a big shock. Yeah, you, you, you kind of went from, like, like, doing nothing at all. To like doing a man's job, you know, over, literally overnight. Yeah, literally overnight. That was why like they didn't like you know what you know kind of. Yeah, you weren't able in. to stick. You weren't able to dig your toe into it like I was at first. Yeah, this was a job where I would come home drenched in sweat, insanely, insanely numb in my legs from all the walking I had done. Because again, this store is huge. And I would constantly have to walk back and forth just to do the simplest basic things. And I I was just, I was physically exhausted. I lost, like, I went to the doctor's office not long after I finally quit, and I lost about close to 20 pounds. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. uh, Just from the stress, basically. You should should keep working. I mean, (laughs) you'd be ripped by now. Yeah, that was the one positive of it, was that doing all that physical work, I actually got way more exercise than I had ever gotten in my entire life. You have a six-pack now. <laughs> I wish. I You're on your way to being Batman. I've actually gotten, by this point, I've actually gotten back, I think, pretty much to my... You've gained 30 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and you are glad, too. <laughs> like, fuck you, Walmart. Oh, <laughs> But yeah, like, it, it was just gotten to a point where I was just half-heartedly doing my job because Walmart the effort... Walmart out your spirit. Yeah, although... The effort just wasn't there, and, like, as, as one boss had actually pointed out to me, like, one of the bosses that I had left uh, not too long before I did, he had... He was talking to me, and he told me that basically... And this is his... These are his exact words... Basically, what people think third shift is, is a job where you escape the grind without actually realizing that third shift is the grind. Yeah, you basically had my job on Venom. It was, 
insane the amount of physical effort I was putting into every night. They would throw everything your way that they wouldn't throw day shifts way. So you were not only getting the requirements of your job, you had to meet someone else's, like, leftovers. It's 5 a.m. There are no rules of God or man. Just think about that, James. Whenever you see something, like, eh, fuck it. They'll take care of it on the next shift. Think about what you had to do to Alex. Because <laughs> we've established this, you worked at the same Walmart. It is the Walmart on the edge of forever. Yes. So. Also, I should say, I should mention the real kicker of all this. The part that makes this just end up a you know, fucking gift of the Magi situation, which was, for the first time in your life, you had a near-infinite supply of money and were not not able to enjoy anything you bought with it. No, not really. I had, like, I literally bought a widescreen TV, <laughs> an Xbox One, and a new computer, and I was not, I, I, I didn't touch any of it for, like, in, until after I had quit, basically. Like, I, I touched, I, I played some of it very briefly before I had to go to sleep. It's like you were, you were like a consumer vampire. Like, you would wake up, buy things, then go back to sleep. Yeah, I very proudly showed you guys all the things I had bu- bought with my uh, first Amazon purchase. And I bought, like, a, a bunch of items. I bought, like, a couple of graphic novels, some DVDs, uh, a couple of video games. A couple of those video games I still haven't touched. Um, the DVDs I haven't touched. Uh, the books uh, still sit on my shelf. Just looking at those thinking, what was Money MB thinking? Yeah, there have been a lot of moments like that because, like, I, I didn't really put a lot of thought into the stuff I bought because I, it's coming, it's coming back to bite me because there was a certain thing that the entire time I was saving up for to very easily get because my paycheck covered it twice over, which was a $60 video game. It was that, Batman, you can say. It was Batman Arkham Knight. Um, that was also the reason I got the Xbox One, because it was a next-gen exclusive. And the only reason he got the HDTV is so it would work with his Xbox One. Yeah. Like, it's all, it all goes back to Batman. Yeah, it that does. piece of shit. Hey, <laughs> you, you joke, but that's literally the thing. I applied for the job literally right after Arkham Knight was announced, and... I, it's gotten to the point where it's like my finances are so drained that I'm questioning whether or not I'll be able to get that when it comes out in June. You know what? I'm feeling generous. I'll I'll wire you the money, Western Union style. Sugar, sugar daddy, man, I'll take care of you. Fifty cents at a time. I, Let daddy not to take care of you. Yes, I like to think that Alex, that you learned a valuable lesson. Meant no matter you know how many TVs you buy, how many games, gaming consoles, drugs. Hookers dressed like Batman, nothing will fill that gap like being unemployed. You know, it's so true because <laughs> it, it was it was kind of getting to the point where I was like, okay, what would I rather have? Would I rather have a job where I get money but can't enjoy it, or would I rather be unemployed where I have no money but enjoy basic other things? Like being alive. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's really what it came I, down to. I can't emphasize this enough. That when Alex had this job, literally all he did was work and sleep. Yeah. Like, there wasn't an Alex anymore. Yeah, you guys saw me maybe once a month, if that, like, maybe twice a month. 
Uh, and most of the time, it was just you, like, sitting in front of the computer screen, like, staring off into space. Yeah, I would. I was barely responsive. I was half asleep. I would. I would have to leave very early because I would either have to go and catch up on my sleep before I would have to go in, or I would have to go in like maybe an hour later because I would have to leave at nine o'clock so I can make my ten o'clock shift. How long do you think you'll it'll be before you want another job? Do you want another job now? Um, I want money. Okay, so but. It's like none of us want jobs. We want the things we get from jobs. I don't want a job. I want a career. That's what I want. I, I want to be paid for sitting at home and doing absolutely nothing. Can can that happen? Well, you got to get welfare. You get that webcam started up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah so seriously, some somewhere out there, someone's fetish is to watch. Uh, excuse my excuse my terminology, but a chubby white guy sitting on a couch all day watching Batman on TV. I know it's my fetish, so. Hey, he is a slightly slim white guy now. He's well, I mean, I, that. How about we say pudgy? Would that work? No, that's worse. How's that worse? Pudgy is not worse than chubby. Pudgy, pudgy just seems demeaning. Pudgy implies that you got a little bit of weight. Chubby implies that you got a little bit more weight. Well, can't you just say voluptuous? How about I say fat? There we go. A fat white guy. Is that better, Alex? Thank you. Cut through the Finally. bullshit. Cut through the bullshit. Finally, you're honest. But, uh, yeah, I, as far as wanting another job, um, I, I, I have been looking. I have been actively looking for another job. The problem is that Walmart was basically the only job that hires people in this town, apparently, because every other job I've applied to has never called me back, and... Anything else I'm not qualified for because it either requires a driver's license, which I do not have, or some sort of bachelor's degree. Do you, do you think the Sam Walton hit the squad is going through town, like, fucking up stuff? Don't hire that cook boy. <laughs> well, I think that other stores can afford to hire anybody new because they have to compete with Walmart. Yeah, that, that, that kind of creates a power vacuum where Walton sits at the top. <laughs> The king stay the king, yo. That's one thing we've learned from the wires, that. But you were telling me a while back that uh, there was a brief period where you were trying to quit, but Walmart wouldn't let you leave. Yeah, that was um, that was more of the corporate part of it being the thing that irritated me and the actual manager part of it being the thing that kept me there because... For all of my grievances with the store and with the job and with everything that went on, my bosses weirdly were not one of the grievances. I actually had fairly cool bosses, and I actually liked most of them for the most part. There was one person that I didn't get along with very much, but uh, to be fair, no one else liked her, <laughs> so I knew I wasn't the only one. You were united on that hatred. She took one for the team. To make you a, a family unit, <laughs> she was the greatest hero of them all. But yeah, it was um, it was very difficult for me to work up the courage for a while to put in my two weeks notice because it seemed like every time I would go to want to do something, like want to sit down with one of my bosses and tell them, look, I this isn't working out for me anymore, they would do something cool. They would do close up magic. <laughs> Give me your name badge. Ooh, I've made it disappear. <laughs> oh, I can't quit now. They would dangle keys in front of me. I'd be very amused. Um, what did you think, though? Like, you'd say, like, 
All right, um, I, I want to put in my two-week notice. They're just going to slap you. Fuck you. <laughs> it did. It did feel like I. It, on some level, it did feel like I was committing some sort of weird. Or maybe, maybe what it was. Yeah, I was gonna say like, like okay, so you don't want to work with me? That's what it is. That kind of thing. Go ahead, leave. That's just like, like Cheryl did. <laughs> I will say that is like some shit I would pull if someone tried. Oh, okay, so you don't like me? I'm the I'm the fucking problem. Here. Is that what it is? That's what you would do if you were my boss. Yeah, that's what I would do to you now if you let if you didn't want to be my friend anymore. Although to be fair, that would be actually me. So. You wouldn't want to be around me, so. Yeah, you would kind of fulfill the prophecy there. Fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was just this weird sort of loyalty I had to my bosses who I actually liked that kept me there for an extra couple weeks because I was determined to leave pretty much every single day I came into work because I would tell myself I was going to leave, get to the end of the day, then, fi- then find out, like, they had done something to kind of eat, alleviate, uh, like one of the things I had to do, like they would have taken one of the pallets that I was supposed to run and not told me to run it or something like that. They would, they would do a lot of things to like kind of help me along because they knew I was still new to the position and I still had a lot to learn. So they were surprisingly humane and I didn't feel like I wanted to stab them in the back, essentially. Then you- it just sounds like you're describing a bad relationship. Yeah. Like, I keep thinking of leaving, but he keeps making dinner. Yeah. You you stay for all the times that they're so good to you. Yeah, essentially. It's, I was like a battered wife. A Walton widow. <laughs> I remember it getting, it got to the point where the day you were going to leave, the store literally <laughs> would not let you. Like well, you're, it's it's not that. It's that they wouldn't tell me if I was allowed to leave or not. Like, like, they end your shift, or what do you mean, like, oh, like, I think you remember said, like, there was some confusion, like, people went on, like, yeah. break and stuff, and, you know. Well, there was confusion because I, I looked at my schedule for uh, the week that I was supposed to be leaving, and I've been scheduled for two extra days after that. And I kind of had a panic because I was like, am I supposed to work those two extra days? Because at this point, I was basically already out the door mentally. I was ready to check out. And I, I was just kind of, I kind of felt like it was like the final insult almost of the of the corporation to kind of schedule me for another two days. And they hadn't been clear as to whether or not I had to work those two days. So literally, I went in on my last day not knowing whether or not it was going to be my last day. Then to cap it all off, your badge shattered, preventing you from clocking out. <laughs> uh, it, it didn't shatter. I had forgotten it. It was the one day I'd forgotten it. I like my version better. I know. Yours is way more dramatic. I like it. It's like in a vampire movie. You go to clock out. It becomes (laughs) red hot. It just melts to the floor. Uh, I had forgotten my badge, so I had to have a new one made just for my last day. You had to march down into the basement to the badge smith. Did um did you end up working? You didn't work those last two days? Uh no, I didn't work the last two days. My my the day that I went in and was wondering whether or not it was gonna be my last day was my last day because I okay. I the as soon as I clocked in I went directly to my boss and said, you know, I've worked my two weeks. Can this be my last day or do I have to work these extra two days? It'd be funny if like he said, No, you work these last two days or you're fired. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, sadly, that probably actually would have been my response. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, that went wrong, and I'm, also my last department ever was the deli meats department, which is insane and just ran by a mad woman essentially, like all deli departments. <laughs> yeah, I it was not a fun experience that last day, but then came the final final insult, which was. Got towards the end of the day. And I have to admit, at this point, I was kind of feeling weirdly nostalgic for the job because this, you have to understand, this was my life for four months and that might as well have been a year of my, like a year of my life. That was a third of a year. So, I mean, close. In Walmart yeah. terms, that was a year of your life that's gone now. Yeah, that, it felt like. Alex ages in dog years, so that was a year and a half. Well, I thought that was just standard for all Walmart employees. Like, James, you've lost, like, what, six years now working at Walmart of your life? Every time I don't meet my quota. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, it was getting towards the end, and I was feeling kind of, I, I was feeling a bit misty, because, like, uh, this, I'm, I'm doing this thing for the last time, and it's, what this actually was was me putting up hot dogs. On a, on a <laughs> Getting nostalgic about that. Yeah. I was Did like, you, oh, I'll never do it again. You heard, you heard Green Day playing on the speakers. Yeah. Did you go out Breakfast Club style? Um, I, unfortunately, I think they forgot about me. So. So they. I told them to don't, 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 don't. Yeah. But. I will admit that when I left my old store, like when I walked out of the door, I did do the fist thing. <laughs> of course you did. You put, you put an earring. In you, you stole your boss's rainbow wedding ring and put it on. <laughs> That's why she's so hurt at me. That explains it. I was getting really, you know, kind of. I was getting a little emotional about it because it's like it, I had bonded with a couple of my coworkers. And I was not going to see them again, and it was just kind of all of this. It was this weird sense of melancholy about leaving, even though it was the thing I wanted. So, you know, I'm leaving, and I, it's kind of like a bittersweet moment. And I take my name badge, and I take my uh, discount card, which I had to turn both in. Um, I want you walking around with that kind of savings. <laughs> <laughs> savings, which I never used. And suddenly I realize I cannot find my boss. I I looked in the manager's office. No one was in there. Looked in the break room. No one was in there. Looked in the uh, general associate office. No one was in there. Uh, I had to track down one of the uh, assistant managers and ask where he was because, you know, I'm supposed to clear up with him. Like, I'm supposed to give him the badge so he can type me out of the system. And he radios for him, and he doesn't get a response. So I go walking across the store, across the store I had walked over and over and over for the past four months on kind of a final tour of horrors because <laughs> I went to the back room on one side to find the dude. He wasn't there. I walked to the other side of the store to the other back room. He wasn't there. I walked through the back area, the back employee manager area place again. Could not find him. I just like the idea that you had, this was like Judge Dredd. You had to take the great long walk <laughs> in exile. It felt like a final, like, Kessel Run or something. Like It was like your defeat lap instead of a victory lap. Yeah, pretty much. It was like, oh my god, it's not going to end. <laughs> it's, like end of, it's like the end of every Halo game. <laughs> I'm just walking around, there's score being added to it, just... 
Dun, 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 dun. Walmart is crumbling around you. <laughs> you try to escape. It takes me with it. Uh, I, I just, it was the most horrifying feeling in the world because I was like, oh God, what if I can't leave? And you're still in that Walmart, right? You're doing this from the electronics department. Yeah. I had to commandeer a laptop. Uh, it doesn't work very but, well. But at least you still got your discount card. <laughs> They can't take that away from you. <laughs> they can take my pride, but they'll never take my discount card. They'll never take my savings. <laughs> my meager savings of 10%. Where was the manager, by the way, when you finally found him? Uh, he ended up being in uh, the office right next to the manager's office. <laughs> and he was in a corner where I couldn't see him when I first looked. <laughs> he was hiding. <laughs> he was behind a potted plant. <laughs> he really didn't want you to leave. So yeah, I finally just turned in my I turned in my badge, turned in my discount card, shook hands with the guy, and I left that place never to return until the very next week when I needed groceries. Have you seen people that you used to work with? Yeah, I have a couple times. Is it awkward? Yes. Yeah. They just give you that look like, take me with you. <laughs> Actually, I'm I'm pretty sure all of them have left since because Walmart does not. Keep of course, the employees very, very well, that's, often. That's just, I think that's retail, not just Walmart. Walmart yeah. probably is exceptionally high compared with the rest of retail, but yeah, retail has a, a, just a humongous turnover rate. Yeah. Well, it's like I told you after you quit. You have no reason to feel bad quitting after four months because that is the amount of time anyone works at Walmart. <laughs> like people like me are the rare exception. Like most people quit like three or four months in. That's the expected amount of time. James is one of the soulless now. I've been institutionalized. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the old man from Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Just staring outside a bright window, looking at the pasture. So, Alex, like, do you ever find yourself wanting to go back there? But just like, just so you could taste how terrible it is and appreciate what you have. It's like you're like one of those Vietnam soldiers. He was like, can I just go back for a moment just to remind myself that I'm not there? Like, do you mean go in into the store or, or back and working? Literally apply again? Yeah, like, just you can magically transport back to the days of your of um, six months ago. I've It's gone through my head a couple times, and every single time I I come up with very good reasons why I wouldn't and shouldn't. So, it's, right. so you're it's saying not, it's not a thing that's going to happen ever. Yeah, it's like, I, I know just walking around in Winn-Dixie for me is weird as hell and just yeah. brings back all these weird fucking war flashbacks that leave me uncomfortable for the rest of the day. Yeah, I've actually had this very bad experience where every time I go into Walmart now, I, I can't stay in there for longer than, like, 30 minutes where before I start getting really angry <laughs> and bitter and just... I'm not even joking, like, I just... I get really agitated for seemingly no reason. I just imagine for some reason now you're like leading a tour guide through Walmart, like you're in the automotive station. This was the spot right here, man. He come up. He asked about the motorcycle helmet. <laughs> he had on jacket with shorts. What kind of a monster does that? And then he mentioned the little black boy stealing the auto parts. <laughs> and then there was the guy. <laughs> with the full noodle. You just start weeping quietly as the MASH theme plays. <laughs> what was with the bicycle? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, to sum up 
the answer no. I, I don't. I, there's no way. I will. I will starve and continue to be unemployed before I go back to that place. Which is something that, like, like I kid you, I, I kid you for about quitting and doing all this stuff. But you know, with the situation you're going through, you know, you went out on your own terms. I respect that. You 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 went out and experienced the world before you decided to shun and reject the world. <laughs> you gave your two week notice to Walmart and the world at large. Yeah, I I became a hobo. You become by like choice. that's what like before you were just a hermit by fate. Now you're a hermit by choice. There's something something very powerful in that. Yeah, it was a, it's a destiny. <laughs> My destiny is this computer chair. For now and all the time. I think now I can definitively say I've put Stockboy MB to rest. But as, as I've told you before, Money MB will fly again. One day. You gotta work on some sort of way to get in disability. I mean, I can help you out with that. I know all the loopholes. And I've got a ball peen hammer, so. I mean, you don't have to, like, be paralyzed, but even if you got, like, a real bad limp, that's grounds enough to get you disability. So, just a couple good whacks to the shin with that hammer. You'll be set for life, brother. You, I mean, you know how so- many episodes, I mean, I mean, any, many copies of Arkham Knight you could buy with a disability check? I mean, sign me right up. That sounds amazing. I mean, technically, you can get on disability for extreme depression. So just think some really gloomy thoughts. like Not too gloomy, but just enough to fool a professional therapist, and there you go. The saddest gravy train in the world. (laughs) But uh, speaking of alternate career opportunities and gravy trains, I want to end this episode with a discovery I made at the Walmart I'm still currently shackled with. Mm Mm-hmm. And Alex knows what I'm talking about because the second I found this, I had to show it to him. I was working uh, in the candy department of all places a couple of weeks back, and all of a sudden I see a paperback novel from our book section just lying on a shelf, like all on its own, as if like it was placed there specifically for me. I don't think anything of it. I pick it up, and I go to put it back, and then I do a double take whenever I see the name of the author. And I show this to Alex, and this spurns us looking into everything this guy has written. And we found a specific set of books that uh, somehow makes it even more insane. So I'm just going to show you this, and then we'll explain it to the listener. (laughs) <laughs> that is <laughs> Matt Jensen, the last mountain man, as written by William Johnstone. <laughs> I think you found it. You really do work at the Walmart on the edge of forever, because this is me. <laughs> the universe is just me. <laughs> like, this is the alternate universe version of you <laughs> You're writing, you're writing fan fiction about yourself <laughs> under the pen name William Johnstone. I should add, with the help of J.A. Johnstone, <laughs> your little brother. <laughs> oh, my God. And wait, it gets better. Yeah, I was, like, I was blown away just by William Johnstone and his southern-themed pioneer revenge stories. 
But then Alex and I find the Matt Jensen series, which concludes with the family Jensen. <laughs> with stories about the entire family of wild, bare-chested mountain Jensens. <laughs> it's like, are we going to find out that this is, like, your family has existed for thousands of years <laughs> and... These are legends that have been told about you. Like, this is like Thor. Uh, did you read any of the books? I have not. I feel like I'm going to read it, and it's all going to be about Matt Jensen just hosting, <laughs> hosting a pioneer talk show with, with his sidekick, Jamal Lucas. I just want to um, list the titles of all the Matt Jensen Please Last do. Mountain Man series. Okay, first in the series is Matt Jensen, The Last Mountain Man. That is followed by Deadly Trail. Followed by Purgatory. Followed by Savage Territory. Followed by Snake River Slaughter. <laughs> followed by Dakota Ambush. Followed by Massacre at Powder River. <laughs> followed by The Eyes of Texas. And then, lastly, Torture Town. Now, I do have to say that those are all titles of erotic fan fiction I've written. So, there might be something to that. I feel like Torture Town is going to be the next house you move to. <laughs> a zero state after Morningwood. I have a name this place we live in now, so Torture Town. I dub the Torture Town. Or no, how about Jensen Land? That's Jensen, pioneer boy detective. <laughs> okay, and here's the kicker to all of this, which I think I think I told James but he may have forgot. This is William W. Johnstone's biography. Born and raised in southern Missouri, Johnstone was the youngest of four children. His father was a minister and his mother was a school teacher. He quit school when he was 15 and worked in a carnival as a deputy sheriff. <laughs> he later served in the Army and, upon returning to his civilian life, worked in radio broadcasting for sixteen <laughs> years. <laughs> Fucking Matt Johnson of Earth 2. <laughs> like, have you been a successful novelist all this time? You just haven't told us? I'm waiting for Below the Bookshelf. That was going to be the first bomb I dropped. <laughs> His death remained nearly officially unconfirmed for nearly three years. <laughs> That's because you relocated to South Carolina. What does it say about J.A. Johnson? Does it mention him? Anywhere? Oh, no, he's, he's mysterious throughout all this. Fuck your bibliography. <laughs> Apparently he's the, he's the John Robin Blake of this story because he is the guy who took up the uh, writing all the series after this dude died. After William Johnstone saved his life. And told him anyone could be a Johnstone. Well, for those of you who want to get something for me for Christmas, now you have a whole pile of books to get me. Well, you already wrote them, so... Well, I know, but I don't have any collections, so it'd be nice to get a gift occasionally. And on that note, until the South rises again, I have been Jamal Lucas. I've been Matt Jensen, The Last Mountain Man, as written by William W. John Stone, a.k.a. Willie Nice. Yes, and I have been Albert Koch, CEO of the next Walmart apocalypse. I knew it. Call Jamal all the, way, all the way we can stop the big bad man. Let's kick his ass. What do you say? By the way, Matt. Yes. How far have you made it into the report? Um, I've only made it to one paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> the history of the United States of America is filled with countless individual stories of triumph, tragedy, and hazard. Perhaps one of the most unique is the tale of Okatubby. Tubby was born around the city.
Everybody's got a price. Everybody's gonna pay. Because money and me always gets his way. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. I'm money and be, and you will be bought. <laughs>